0: Welcome to Professor's Talk Pedagogy, a podcast from the Academy for Teaching and Learning at Baylor University. I'm your host, Christopher Richmond. Professor's Talk Pedagogy presents discussions with great professors about pedagogy, curriculum, and learning in order to propel the virtuous cycle of teaching. As we frankly and critically investigate our teaching, we open new lines of inquiry, we engage in conversation with colleagues, and we attune to students' experiences, all of which not only improves our teaching, but enriches and motivates ongoing investigation. And so the cycle continues. Today, our guest is Dr. Tammy Adair. Senior Lecturer in Biology, Director of Course-Based Undergraduate Research in Biology, and Director of Baylor's Undergraduate Research and Scholarly Achievement Program, known as URSA. Dr. Adair also teaches course-based undergraduate research experience labs, such as the Phage Lab, sponsored by HHMI and the Science Education Alliance. Her undergraduate researcher group, the M&M Bears, focuses on microbial genomics. We are delighted to have Dr. Adair on the show to discuss active and experiential learning in STEM education and undergraduate research across the academy. Tammy Adair, welcome to the show. Thank you. Let's start just by giving our audience a taste of some perspective on how you became involved in undergraduate research to begin with.
1: Okay. Well, I became involved as a graduate student. Um, In our lab, I was able to mentor several undergraduates, and I just really enjoyed seeing them learning and developing their lab skills, and so I as I became a instructor, so I'm a senior lecturer now, but I've always been on this teaching track, but I was able to continue to just mentor undergrads in their honors thesis. And so I didn't have an undergraduate research experience personally, Um, I was a non-traditional student, but um, once I was in graduate school, I always had some undergraduates around me and I just thought it was a great great way to um, help them learn, what it means to do research, and so. So how
0: did that evolve in your time here at Baylor?
1: So at Baylor I started out kind of this one-on-one idea that you you mentor a student and you take them from a proposal through a final project, and uh, that apprenticeship kind of model I think is still pretty common. But in biology, I'm in the biology department, and in biology, there are a lot of students. And so I started developing ideas of how we could team, do teamwork, and so I'd get like groups of five or ten. And from that, I was in my professional society of microbiology. I was introduced to some of the course-based undergraduate research programs that were national um, going on. And so we started that in about ten years ago. And so those are the ways it's kind of evolved for me, as like a one-on-one, then a small group, and now um, in larger sections of 24, trying to uh, find projects that work, that that they can take ownership with. They can find new discoveries each time, so it's their own project. But where it's kind of worked out, where you've you're you're planning on how to teach technique and scientific communication and. How to read the literature. So, you have these major learning objectives as well. It's not as much of an open research project. And so, I think those are kind of the two main ways. You either have a apprenticeship model where they're doing their own research or uh, working alongside someone, or you have kind of a guided inquiry. And that's how we've, um, that's how my, my work has, has moved, is more into a guided inquiry approach so that more students can get involved early.
0: Right. So how do you decide what kind of projects to pursue in, in in your area of biology?
1: Well, in my area, it's really, it's pretty easy in my mind because there's so much unknown. Mm-hmm. And so I work with uh, diversity and in the microbial realm. So if you go out and take a spoonful of soil and you look at the microbes in that soil, you're always going to find something new. And so there's everything from viruses to, mi- to bacteria to amoeba or um, some type of protozoa or little worms or there's just all kinds of life in this soil and so the project that we do with sea phages is what's called science education alliance phage hunters sea phages Mm -hmm. is they look in the soil for bacteriophage viruses that infect particular types of hosts and so this is a exploratory thing where they're not going to always find something but they're going to find something enough to get a result Mm -hmm. and so they learn this kind of succeed fail to succeed model and then um, after they find their virus they characterize it so there's a large diversity so they find something new they look at the dna sequence and annotate the genes just like we do with the human genome and then there's a lot of applications to this with viruses in general but also with like phage therapy, how you can use bacteriophage to treat antibiotic-resistant genes. So I look for something along those lines that has a discovery aspect that they can take ownership in that's not always the same result, but and it's not always successful, so they have to work pretty hard at it, that there's some literature there that they can get understanding, and that there's new discovery that they can contribute to. So they contribute by publishing their sequences.
0: So how are you connecting this to just the larger scientific questions about, you know, why anybody would want to know these things? What, what difference it makes?
1: What difference does it make? So I think that, I mean, in the broader, um, that broader question about why do we do research, I think has a kind of a two or three layers. You know, we're curious and we're creative people and so we just want to know but then there's applications of the technique and the process of thinking, right? How do mm-hmm. you go about gathering evidence to support or reject a hypothesis, that that modeling of that type of scientific thinking? And then there's the connecting, so we talk a lot about collaboration and cooperativity among your research group but also between different disciplines so how mm-hmm. can you take what you've discovered and make it applicable to somebody who no- doesn't know anything about that and how can you learn from someone who's doing something completely different than you how can you connect with this uh, i guess this intrinsic we're curious and we want to know right. and why you know what what is what is the reason and so i think that we try to teach those processes right? thinking
0: so speaking of disciplines, in your role here at Baylor, you probably have a better vantage point of, uh, of, of undergraduate research across many disciplines and departments. So I'm curious what your thoughts are about how undergraduate research differs from one discipline to another, what, what you see there.
1: Yeah, so, okay, so as the Director of Undergraduate Research and Scholarly Achievement, URSA, so we're in the Office of Engaged Learning, and so you're right, we have students from every single discipline that that are interested in doing the research. And I've learned a lot over the last four or five years, but I don't want to say anything wrong because I'm surely not an expert in humanities, but from my friends in the humanities, they often explore philosophical um, interpretations of works, mm-hmm. right? They look at books or music or art, and they um, explore the historical context of a discovery. Or So they're interpreting works, and that is discovery in itself. Right. And so I, I've learned to appreciate that more than anything, is that we, and maybe that's the big picture of how disciplines connect, is that we don't only connect because they may have something informative that I could use, but they have um, they have the ability to help me see that everybody has something important to, right. to, to 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 think about, and I think that's important to teach our students not to be with their blinders on and in a vacuum, but to see why it matters to everyone else around you also, right? That, that this connection of making relationships and working together and being respectful and appreciative are important ways to live, no matter what you do. <laughs> I know it's
0: hard to, to compare disciplines, but from your, from your perspective, are there certain disciplines at Baylor that are just really knocking it out of the park when it comes to undergraduate research?
1: Well, I would say, based on Scholars Week, the you know historically STEM, the science and engineering group has been uh, more numerous. So psychology, neuroscience always has a big group. Uh, communication sciences and disorders has a large group. Um, biology and chemistry and biochemistry have a large group. But we also um, have a I have a list of like different departments we have. Um, political science, right, that participates, modern language and, um, languages and cultures. We have um, history. So there's, there's really someone, religion always has a group at Scholars Week. Um, so there's always somebody in almost every field that mm-hmm. participates. Um, so I, I would say that maybe there's some participation going on in ways that we don't capture with URSA yeah. that I'm really curious about and would like to get a better handle on.
0: Right. So how do you encourage faculty to get involved in this? Because it really, I would think that it has to often be the faculty member kind of pushing for this, either in their classes or in a, in a relationship with a student, Right.
1: Right. Okay, so we have to skip a couple of years, right? And everything we do. So the last two years were virtual symposium, yep. And I was really happy about how many students put together online information, and and some of those are still on the uh, Scholars Week web page if people want to look at those. But um, even you know before that, there's usually about a hundred students or so during Scholars Week, hundred groups at. Participate. So that's not a large percentage of the university, and it's probably not a large percentage of the research that's going on, the undergraduate research going on. And so I wish I had a good answer of how to encourage more people to get involved. We've tried to make it uh, easy to apply, Mm -hmm. put your abstract up. Uh, This year at Scholars Week, I'll put a little plug out, we're we're looking to have a, a session, a new session. To explain to new faculty and faculty that haven't been involved um, how to get involved and what to do, uh, we have a web page to put that marketing it out there, and we try to send out some emails through the Baylor News um, emails that come out on Wednesdays to, to get the word out. But um, I think I'm I'm guessing that the the problems with getting involved are just time,
0: sure, right, and yeah. it's
1: hard to manage everything that that you do sometimes and plus help a student get their presentation together
0: right well maybe one of the ways to enter that conversation is to take a few steps back from the logistics of it and talk about the benefits for learning so as you see it how do students benefit in, in their learning when they participate in this kind of research
1: I think that's why I've just stayed so passionate about it it is so obvious right and In a large classroom when you're lecturing and you're pouring out your information into their head and they're trying to just absorb all of that, um, it's sometimes really hard to tell whether learning is taking place or not, right? You're teaching, but are they learning? But when you're working on them and they are coming up with the ideas and it's their turn to think and be curious and creative, they get so um, connected with it and so excited about it that they go out and read 10 papers you didn't assign and they don't get a grade for it and <laughs> it's just what they're doing And so um, that's just really inspiring I think to most teachers to see that kind of work going on in the classroom or in their with their students and um, so I mean I think really there that's the motivation for most people to do undergraduate research is that's it's your discipline you want the next generation of, of researchers in whatever your discipline to be trained and to connect with them but also you're making a difference in a individuals' life right you're giving them an opportunity to be a scientist or to be a linguistics or whatever you know whatever you're studying
0: yeah yeah especially with the, the ownership that the students take over uh, mm-hmm. over their learning I mean, there's so much research that shows that, that, that there's this deep connection between motivation, student motivation, and a sense of autonomy or a sense of ownership. And so this is one way, mm-hmm. right, to, to make that happen. Yes. How, do you, how do you advise faculty to talk to students, to prepare them for doing this? Because it's kind of next level thinking, right, for, and, and academic tasks for a lot of students. How do you, how do you set them up to do it well?
1: Well, I think uh, in our department, everybody has a little different kind of application interview. This is how many hours a week that students normally spend, and this is the uh, expectation that you will have this finished by, you know, so just kind of giving them the expectations. But I think more than anything, just um, asking them what their motivation for doing it is and seeing if it's in line with, with that, because... You don't want somebody to, to take on a research project just to say, I've done research or whatever. And mm-hmm. so I think having that communication early is an important part. Most, most students, all students that I know of that are in there because they want to learn and they want to explore certain areas, don't have any trouble putting in the time.
0: Do you have any perspective on how these research experiences help develop students' Sort of confidence in science, or their science self-image, or self-efficacy. I know we, we think a lot about that, especially in terms of the uh, the women and minority students in STEM, uh, and and encouraging them early to to see themselves as scientists. So, do you see that in in this work too?
1: Yes, and there there is there's quite a bit of uh, scientific science education research in that area. The program that I referenced earlier, C phages, has done a large-scale um, study on that, on students' attitudes towards science before yeah. and after, and uh, it's it's really helpful in uh, bringing students that have a poor image up to a higher image, right? So yep. if you already think you're good to go, right, uh, right. you still you stay there, but it's re- because they recognize that they're capable and that they have something to bring and that, that that this is something that they they are able to do and so the image of a of a researcher is transformed in their mind right like i can be a, i can do that
0: yeah yeah brings brings us back to those <laughs> those uh, experiments we're all familiar with the, the draw a scientist and you know the <laughs> kindergarten students are drawing men white men in lab coats you right. know it's like well what is the image of a scientist you know and there and that that traditional image is pretty tenacious uh, and so universities have a lot of work to do to help dislodge that and mm-hmm. i think undergraduate research is a great starting point for that have you ever have you received any uh, have you have you followed any students careers you know into grad school into their own science careers and and had gotten any sort of uh, post hoc feedback about how these undergraduate experiences really help them
1: mm-hmm. I do I, I, I think I receive emails you know a couple of times a month from someone now um, it's very very uh, sometimes it makes my day every time right uh-huh. yeah but yeah um, you know, it, it's a, it's, a learn, it's like a learning cycle. You see where you want to go, and you know how to get there, and then you assess, did you do it well? It's kind of the same way with research. You get into a project, you do well, you, it opens your eyes to other things, somebody sees you as capable, they'll get you on, and so uh, the Office of Engaged Learning is really uh, working toward helping students get those next-tier opportunities right. with some of these scholarships. Um, but in med school, you know, they'll say, I know how to read the literature, or I already <laughs> understood, you know, the process that, uh, of drug discovery, or, you know, those kinds of things that are tangible as yeah. well. But I think just the, the metacognitive awareness of what it takes to really understand something uh, transforms the way that they perform as graduate students, that they go yeah. in so much stronger.
0: Well, I do hear that, you know, from from the graduate students that I work with, that a lot of them in their undergraduate experience, if they didn't have some kind of, you know, research experience embedded into it, they have a hard time with just those sorts of things, like learning how to read the literature. And I've literally had STEM graduate students tell me, like, I never really had to read primary literature as an undergrad. And then it's like, you just get thrown into it as a grad student. And you know, you got accepted to a program because your GREs are great and all that. But it's like the, the practical stuff of, of doing science. There's uh, a huge learning curve for that very, very steep.
1: And I just feel strongly that that's our responsibility as undergraduate educators yep. in STEM is to teach them what scientists actually do. Right. We don't sit there with our textbook and learn vocabulary words, right? <laughs> we don't. We, what do we with do? With our note cards. Yeah, and right, <laughs> you know,
0: so. Yeah, sir. It's a lot more fun, too. So, give us a little bit more perspective on the Scholars Week and, and the and the Ursa Symposium. Uh, how does this work? Um, when is it? And w- what what would someone expect to see if they participated or just witnessed these things? Uh, first of all, are we planning in person this year? We are. Okay.
1: And we will have the abstract um, applications open very shortly. We're just working on the form, but if you go to um, the baylor.edu slash eartha and then there's a tab for scholars week you can uh, look at the last couple of years of scholars week symposia that's on there because they were all virtual and so we've left left them on there and you can see all the different ways but what happens is on monday and tuesday in the sub we have oral presentations going on and so there'll be from all different disciplines, but about 10 or 15 minute short talks from their research. So
0: that's kind of like academic conference style. Mm -hmm. Academic conference Mm -hmm. style,
1: yep. So they're um, doing PowerPoint presentations in the small side rooms in the sub and taking questions. And uh, usually there's a judge in the room that's fielding some, you know, how well did they perform and that kind of thing. And then in the BSB, On the first and second floor there'll be poster sessions and so occasionally there are humanities posters but these are mostly stem posters and so students will rotate there'll be four different sessions where they'll put their posters up take them down and and students will stand in front of their posters for 30 minutes to an hour Mm -hmm. and just answer you know just a regular academic poster session and so uh, we try to dress it up um, have a little bit of food and um, make make it as authentic as we can to having a, a you know, professional symposium and then we have a speaker uh, hasn't been hasn't been uh, verified who that will be yet but on Thursday afternoon we'll have a speaker and then on Friday we'll have an award ceremony and so we ask each discipline to pick a couple of, uh, you know, two or three top top group of uh, presenters. And so we give them a certificate. And then we are joining that with our faculty awards. So oh, the okay. Elizabeth Vardaman Awards and yep. all the faculty awards will be given it, uh, during that time as well.
0: That's okay. great. Yeah. I remember I, I wasn't involved in any undergraduate research when I was an undergrad, but I remember the first academic conference I presented at as a as a master's degree student and boy just like all of a sudden overnight you just feel so professional and it just kind of gives you this strange boost of like yeah I I can do this right even if you get tough questions from the crowd you know it's it just it's it's such a it's such a game changer for how you see yourself academically Mm -hmm. and and professionally
1: I, I think so too and so yeah I'm really looking forward to being face to face and Uh, You know, being virtual was better than nothing, but it's hard to really do that, to interact Mm -hmm. and be the professional behind a screen.
0: Yeah, yeah. So how long has Baylor been doing this?
1: I think about 11 years. This is my third year as the director. Uh, Dr. Bratton, Susan Bratton, started the whole URSA program, and um, so it has... It has grown, of course, in size, but is also. Um, I think the Ursa grants. We also have this program where we can give money to for undergraduates. That's also uh, grown some in money, uh, dollar amounts, and so students can apply to um, either pay theirself. So they could be like a stipend that they. Um, Can have so we're hoping that that helps with this inclusivity and spreading out the opportunities to people that might have had to go work at McDonald's or something instead they could use this stipend they can buy supplies or they can pay for travel to to a conference, Um, and so we have that money available and it's also on that web page and so um, I I think it's uh, there's a good future here I know. Everyone in the university is, is looking for ways to improve undergraduate research opportunities. And so whoever's listening, let send me your, send me your uh, you know, suggestions and we will work towards that.
0: So aside from uh, just growth and, and the development of these grants, are there other ways that you've seen the Scholars Week and the symposium uh, develop over the years?
1: They have been run the same, basically the same way. This year we did develop a new way of putting the grants out there. So for historically they had been faculty written grants and then the faculty would decide on which students they were going to use the money for. And we decided as a steering committee to make it more Mm student-driven so that the students have opportunity to learn how to write a proposal. So now they write the proposal and they're already committed to the project and then they get their faculty mentor to to recommend them. Uh, And so um, we're hoping that that will will be successful in both ways. I think that will help grow what we want our undergrads to know, to know how to write proposals and yes. how, where you get money and how all that works. Cause that's a really important part of it. And then, like you say, have the ownership right. of it. Good. Um, but, um, they have to be informed that it's there and so right. since this is the first year we need to get that word out to the, all the faculty that this is how we're doing it so tell your students to apply
0: <laughs> so i'm sure you've seen a lot of titles and a lot of abstracts a lot of proposals mm-hmm. a lot of presentations what what have been some of the most memorable either types of projects or or uh, research endeavors that you've seen students really pull off
1: Okay, so there's such a large variety, but um, I think some of the environmental studies projects have been really interesting. Uh, the communication sciences and disorders, um, I've enjoyed getting to know some of the group out of the VA that um, mentor some of our students. Um, Dr. Stephanie Boddy, uh, last year, she had a very interesting project that was a, a good example of how interdisciplinary projects can work. She had some engineering students and some um, that were interested in STEM education and um, then some social work students that were interested in not having STEM education in the community and how they could work together to to make that improve. Um, One thing I think is really from my perspective that's really been helpful is to think about first-year students in this process because the students that I have in c phages have always presented their posters, and that's always been so transformative to them that they want to go to the microbiology meetings or that they want to take another course-based research project or get into a lab, because like you were talking about, it just kind of seals that they can Mm -hmm. do it, that they are scientists, that they are capable of doing that, and so um, I think anytime you could get a Um, some first-year students to go, not just your seniors that are finishing up their work, but the first-year students as well. I think that's always been fun. Dr. Marty Harville has a bunch of first-year students that always present, and that's always real interesting to me, what projects they came up with and why and what they were thinking. Um, So yeah, there's just a, a large variety of projects, and talking to students and hearing their enthusiasm and their reasoning is Um, it's worth a couple hours of moving around the campus to talk to them during that week.
0: Well I'm thinking about first-year students involved in this. I think many faculty, that's not the first thing they think of when they think of undergraduate research. They probably think more in terms of the upper class students who are you know closer maybe on the cusp and thinking about grad school and all that all that kind of thing. So really doing this with first-year students Reminds me of how undergraduate research falls in uh, under this broader umbrella of what we sometimes call like high impact practices. So, you know, like study abroad and um, and undergraduate research, uh, these things that that really make a difference when it comes to student retention and student sense of belonging mm-hmm. and graduation rates, just all these kinds of things, like not just not just as important as learning objectives are, and development as professionals uh, might be, just college success, right? This is this can be a key ingredient to that as well. Mm-hmm. So for first year students, I you know I can't imagine how that, that, that how impactful that can be.
1: No, I, I think that part of the success for sure in CFE is the the groups. So they work in groups of three and those groups of three are still together their senior year. Yeah. I, I mean, these are lifelong friends. Some of them have even gotten married. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't want to predict
0: that. but You don't I'm want to put that on the website? In, yeah. but, uh... but
1: no, it does make such a difference to um, not work as a group where you just divide and conquer, but right. you work as a team where Good, everybody yeah. has a part and you start to just I don't know that's just it just there's you're they're proud they're they're proud of who they are working with they work hard together and um, it's like a football team or a basketball team or whatever you all have your position and you need each other and it works out and you just form that close relationship that is a part of learning right
0: Right. Mm -hmm.
1: yeah I agree and there's there's quite a bit about retention there um, in the literature about Um, undergraduate research and retention are correlated very strongly.
0: Yeah. Do you have any thoughts about how now as Baylor kind of has moved into the R1 sphere officially and we think about ourselves now as R1 and not aspiring R1? How does undergraduate research um, work into that? Do you see it having a role?
1: Well, I hope that it's a parallel path role because to me, the more R1 research opportunities that you have, the more opportunities you have to put an undergraduate in those programs. And I know in the sciences, that's often part of the NSF or NIH grant is how, what is the impact that you have on this undergraduate population? But even beyond that, it, you know, it's a level of of your team, if you talk to the PIs, they love having the undergraduates in there. It keeps the good questions coming. Yep. It keeps the excitement coming. Um, you know, they're they're part of that environment, that part of that community. And so, I'm hoping that the more, as we grow those places, we'll grow the the places for undergrads because that is one of the problems in some departments is there's just more students than there are faculty mentors.
0: Right. Sure. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe speaking just from your own experience, but also what you've heard from other faculty, how does getting involved in undergraduate research uh, help help a faculty develop their own sense as a instructor or as a uh, um, as a mentor for students?
1: Right. So I think that whenever you have that relationship that closer relationship with your student and so it probably depends on that department some departments have those small classes anyway and you you form those relationships in your teaching but undergraduate research uh, almost ensures that right because you have to communicate you have to read and edit and you have to communicate your your questions and your your thoughts clearly to the student and so it makes you a better instructor because you're you become better at talking about what you're you're thinking but i think it also um i don't want it to sound like it's you're you're not bragging about it but you just feel good about it you're just doing something good for someone that you don't have to do yeah. right? i mean mm-hmm. and um the benefits c- that come i think are from that intrinsic um, Part of that of just knowing that you're sharing what you love with somebody else that that has that interest too, and that's probably well, why I,
0: most of us are in this yeah, profession. Yeah, what I could see too is that that getting involved with with students in in research it either sidesteps in a good way or buffers the the the, the traditional uh, grade thing that's in the middle that's always this thing in the middle getting in the way of the student teacher relationship <laughs> if i can be frank right but when you're involved in in, in actual research like there you're standing shoulder to shoulder and you're not it's not adversarial right it's yeah. you, it's it's you against the unknown that that's, you're trying to discover, right?
1: That's perfect way to think about it. Yes. Yeah. So students always want to know, how, you know, what what grade am I going to get in this class <laughs> or something. But I just always say, are you going to be here and work? You know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, to to say that there's more to learning than being measured by a grade. Right. Do you what do you understand? What can you communicate? What Why does it matter? Um, How are you going to solve that problem? How are you going to troubleshoot? It's always troubleshooting. Um, Teaching that is much more enjoyable than deciding how many points to take off on a rubric.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. So in addition to our hopes for uh, what R1 may mean for undergraduate research here at Baylor, Uh, are there any other sort of new vistas that you're sort of uh, things that are on the horizon for for this area of our development?
1: So I would like to find a way to have uh, a council of undergraduate researchers campus-wide so that we have a little broader uh, you know we have a steering committee it's a university steering committee that a few people are on that we try to make these big grant decisions and things like that but I'd like to have more of a a, a vision where we have discussion going on all the time about what kind of research is going on in each discipline and how you know what how many students are involved in a little maybe short um, symposia for this one or that one. So just kind of to broaden it and and so that we are a lot more informed as a community about. It as faculty, but also as students about what research means in history or what does research mean in religion or those kinds of things. So I'd like to work toward that somehow.
0: That sounds great. Well, Tammy Adair, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your insights on all this.
1: My pleasure. Thank you.
0: Our thanks again to Dr. Tammy Adair for speaking with us today. If you want to learn more about Baylor's undergraduate research and scholarly achievement program, including the Scholars Week and the related symposium, you can find the link to their web page in our show notes. That's our show. Join us next time for Professors Talk Pedagogy.